connected more than ever. You know? Yeah. More connected than ever, but totally disconnected. But um, when you have true, genuine fellowship, man, I tell you, it's, there's nothing like it. If anybody has truly experienced genuine fellowship and you agree that that is a blessing, say amen. amen. <sighs> Isaac knows because he, he just never stops talking about the Lord when I have him over. You enjoying that croissant, bro? Yeah, bro. Hey. God is good. God is good. Um, do me a favor. And have your Bibles ready. Uh, if you want to use your phone, you can. But we are going to go through probably, let me see, how many scriptures do I have here? I have nine scriptures here. And for your uh, benefit, I put them in chronological order, right? So I, I made it to where we're not going to be flipping back and forth if in your Bible, always be the next book. Uh, but these scriptures are going to be what we get to in a second. If many of you know, we've been traveling through the last four weeks, uh, this being the fifth week, uh, teaching about false teachings and how um, they're used, uh, these promises of God are used in order to enhance your life on earth. But truly, God doesn't want us using those to enhance our life on earth, that the enhancements that we have on earth are not necessarily what we perceive them to be. And oftentimes, if you say, I can do all things, where all things are possible, uh, just these different promises that God has for us. We have been taught over a, a few generations now, and especially in this last generation, uh, how to utilize the Word of God in an incorrect way. And we start putting it, and I use the example, I think I, I, I uh, said this, but we start putting it on things like, no offense to Steph Curry, I know some people are going to shoot me because they're big Steph Curry fans. You're like, don't you talk bad about Steph Curry. I'm not. I'm going to talk about a shoot. Okay, but he put on his shoe, I could do all things, right? Or all things are possible. He has that on his shoe. I'm sorry, but that shoe doesn't make you fly. Amen. It doesn't make you fly, and you cannot dunk by just simply wearing the shoes. I know because I've tried, right? now. <laughs> I have ambitions. Leave me alone. But... But we've used, we've used these scriptures to profit because it definitely sold more to the Christian market. And as, as much as we hate to say that that's not true, it is because if he put, do as thou wilt, and it was a satanic saying, you probably wouldn't have bought them. Come on, somebody help me out. But we like buying Christian mugs and Christian t-shirts and all these things. These, and, we, and we have made the Bible... We have made the Bible a motivational book. And the thing that it motivates us to is to have a better life on earth than to realize that the better life we have is not here. Amen. And we'll even just scan over scripture and just like, almost like selective reading, you know? It'll literally say, do not store your riches on earth. And we'll go, okay. <laughs> And we'll just look for that blessed life message. It's true. And we'll look for that blessed life message. And so today, uh, going into these next coming weeks, I want to talk about God's promises. And the first one we're going to talk about today is a promise that we should all, like if there's any of these promises that we would hold to the most, if we could, which we should hold to them all with the same uh, fortitude, right? But if there's any one that we could hold more to, it'd be this one. He never leaves or forsakes you. He never leaves. Now, I have to lay the groundwork because the reality of that promise only pertains... <laughs> Let me say it again because this is, this is a tough saying. The reality of that promise only pertains to those who belong to him. And we live in a time where it's, it's almost like this. People, uh, they need God, right? They come to God, and they're in desperate need of God. But once they get saved, they get smart. It's like, once you get saved, you get smart. And now you're like trying to do 
for others what God did for you that he, did, he didn't use anyone for. Think about it. You're now trying to be the change agent for other people when God in, him, in himself drew you to himself. Now, he may have used someone. He may have used something. He may have used a method like rap music or singing or preaching. But the work is actually God himself. So no one gets credit for a changed heart but God. Because he is the only one that can pull back the veil. He is the only one that can save a life. It, it doesn't come by explanation. It doesn't come by observation. I can't bring Paul Jr. to a mountaintop and then say, see God? And him go, yes, look at the magnificence. Thank you for bringing me up here so I could see God. Because I could take 100 people to the same mountaintop and not all of them will see God. So what makes the difference between me preaching a message today and a person changing from that message and the person walking away hardened, more hardened than they were before? Is it because I preached? I'm sorry, I can't preach for everybody. I can't preach to your liking and your liking and your liking. I'm sorry. I can't be six feet tall, okay? Some people want a tall preacher. I, I, I'm a short preacher, okay? Let's just get that out of the way now. I'm tall now. Here we go. That's why I did this like this. All right? Gave myself a few inches. But I can't preach according to you. Amen. So what separates somebody who's saved from somebody who hears the same message, has the same, hears the same passion, hears the same explanation, one gets saved and one doesn't. Is it because the one who got saved is better than the one who didn't? Because we would have, somehow we get saved and we think we're good. We think we did something and now we think we can do something. It's God doing it all. Wear a glove. That's all you are. You're nothing more than some latex gloves, Okay. And he is doing all the moving. And he is doing all of it. So when we hear the promises of God, they are for him. And that's what makes this whole thing work. He will never leave. So I'm hoping that today you'll see this. I have a story, and I'm not one to really share many stories, but something amazing has happened, right? And when you have a testimony, and it's truly for the glory of God, you want to share it especially the timing of this testimony because the timing's perfect because I had 12 weeks written of false teaching and how I was going to, I have them all written out. And after the fourth week, the Lord said, now I want you to teach about my promises, but I'm going to show how it's used in a false way, but I want you to teach it in the truth. I want you to teach about my promises. And I was like, okay. So the moment I made that decision, which it wasn't my decision, God is the one that stirred it in me. I love it because people want to give me credit. I'm like, I'm not going to take it. So take that. <laughs> they want to be like, no, you made the decision. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. God put it in me to do it. His breath is in me. It's not the other way around, right? So he, it's his mind that's in me. It's the mind of Christ. It's his spirit that's in me. I don't make decisions as a free agent. I'm either a slave to the sin nature or I'm a slave to the spirit. I'm either influenced by one or the other, and then my decisions are under that. You guys understand that I'm not preaching. Do you understand that it's the Lord? Like, can you see past the vessel? And can you hear God? Because one day I'm going to die, but God lives. It'll be somebody else standing there, preaching the truth, giving you the truth. And you have to look past the vessel and hear God. You have to. So this timing of this testimony came, and it, you guys know Josh Hood, right? Where's Pam? Pam, right there, raise your hand. That's Josh's wife. Raise your hand. Come on, let everybody see you. She's embarrassed. It's good. It's good. Breaking past that flesh, girl. Um, her husband. Josh and Pam have been coming for a while, and, and her husband got news a few months back that his job, 
who uh, he worked for a parking garage, I believe, and they had con a contract with the city, and it goes up for bid. And, and his job, basically, they lost the bid. So he lost his job. So he had only a few months in order to make a decision on what he was going to do. And, you know, he, in his own decisions, in his own uh, efforts, what was the first thing you think he did once he found that his job was going to go away? What do you think the first thing he did? Start looking for another job, right? Like, that's in your nature. No, but that's the first thing he... I know you're saying the right answer, but that's not fair. That's not fair, Des. <laughs> but you're right, because that's actually what ended up happening. So his inclination was, I'm going to try to get ahead of this, and I'm going to go put job applications in, right? Now, how many of you know that if you're spirit-filled and you're walking in the truth, the rules change? Like, you can't just do things. <laughs> it's like, God, don't let you. He interrupts you because he has a plan for your life. And it isn't so you can then brag about the plan. It's so you can brag about God. And so here's Josh typing away, putting in his applications, filling out his applications, and then we're, we're fellowshipping. And he comes and he tells me, I feel like I should not be looking for work. Now, coming from where I come from, that's a no-no. God would never ask you to not look for work. That sounds like a better gospel. God would never ask you to not look for work. Yes, amen, I'm going for it. But the problem is, he would ask you. And here, I'm standing here today, I'm not making this testimony up, and I'm going to give it the, the best way I remember it, because I might get some facts wrong, and Pam, you can help me. But I'm going to give it the best way I remember it, because this is about God never leaving. If God does a miracle in your life, if he, if, he, if he heals the body, it's for his glory. If he doesn't heal, it's for his glory. Because everything is for his glory. Right? You can imagine what Hawaii looks like, but until you're there, you don't know what it looks like. It's the same thing with God. You can imagine what it's like to be in his will until he opens your eyes to see what his will is. And then he's saying, don't apply for jobs. That's tough. Any man in here? A provider? That's tough, right? And so Josh decides to obey the Lord. His decision was not his own. His decision was prompted by a voice. And what did the voice say? Don't. So then he didn't come up with that on his own. So let me ask you, if God, the true God, not a hypothetical God, not a stick God, right? Not a God that doesn't talk back to you. The living God comes and tells you, don't. Do you think you're going to do it? Do you really think you're going to do against what God is asking? Do you really think you have that ability? It's God. Now, I, I'm saying this because I'm talking to children of God, right? I'm talking to people who have experienced the Lord. So I'm not talking to unbelievers right now when I say this. An unbeliever says, I don't know what his voice sounds like. I don't even know what you're talking about. You sound crazy to me. That's what the unbeliever says. But a believer says, yeah, you know, I... And here's your flesh. Because you have sin in your life, you think you're making that decision. Mm, I feel the presence of the Lord right now. I just, I feel the presence of the Lord. Paul said, it is not me that sins, but it's the sin in me. So you think because you still have hangups that you're making that decision because you're under a teaching that says you shouldn't be doing that. No, you should be doing that if you're a slave to that. That's exactly what you are. And you should be okay with saying, I'm still a slave to that in my life. And I need God to free me. I cannot free myself. I've tried to do it. I fail every time. Only God can free me. And then when he does it, because he will, Oh, he will. You say glory to God. So here he is, and he's saying, okay, I'm not going to look for work. And here I am as a pastor encouraging that. <laughs> That's totally politically incorrect. Like, you're not supposed to encourage that. Yes, you are. If you're a shepherd of God's sheep, if you're truly pointing people to Jesus, you say, obey it. Do it in faith. Because even if you're wrong, if you're pure, He's going to make up the difference. That's good news. That's good news, real good news. And so he goes, and he's not looking for work now, and the time's ticking away. 
And about a month ago, a little over a month ago, he ended up in a conversation with somebody who's a vendor to his job, and they started talking about a potential position. But there was never an offer on the table. So tell me why, fast forward, Friday was his last day at his job. He was getting ready to leave that job. There were no more paychecks coming in, right? And we're at the gym. He's like, yeah, today's the last day. And I'm like, I guess I'm going to be unemployed. He says, but I just believe God is going to provide. A couple hours later, he gets a job offer from that month, the one from a month before. Now, here's what's crazy. In the midst of all this, they had a Tahoe. They had a Tahoe. And they were wondering what to do with this Tahoe. Now, how many of you know that if you have a job, you need a car to get to the job? And they have a van, and they had a Tahoe, and they had another little car, and they were like, you know, what are we going to do with this Tahoe? Because maybe we need it for the, maybe we let this go. I mean, they're just thinking of, of you know how it goes, right? You're like, money's going to change. When the money gets funny, things got to change, right? <laughs> so you start thinking like this, and God tells them to give the Tahoe to somebody else. So in the middle of not knowing if he's going to have a job, anticipating unemployment, you could sell the Tahoe for money, Right? But no, God's saying, bless somebody with it. And at the time that they finally bless somebody with it, the other person's alternator goes out in their car. And they get given a car. Hey, you just, you can't make this stuff up, right? So regardless of if, it doesn't matter the details, it's that God is proving through his leading that he's God. And then he gets this job. And with this job comes a company car. Now, here's the thing, though, brothers and sisters. This is where my part comes in. This is where my part comes in. That testimony is given to me as a pastor, as somebody who has to rightly divide the word of truth. God is moving on me to say, I want you to preach now on I'll never leave. But you're going to have people in the audience, online, people who are listening, and they're going to hear what the last pastor said. I'm not competing with pastors. This is not a competition between pastors. But the reality that other people put that same promise on the fact that he gave him a job is wrong. God is not saying, tell them I never leave so they can trust me for their next job. That is not what God is saying. Tell them I never leave so no matter what happens in their life, they will glorify me. That's why I want you to tell them I will never leave. If that's not the heart behind the promise, it's not a promise from God. It's not a promise from God. If the heart behind, and you, listen, you can't manipulate this. You can't trick God. No one finesses God. Ha, gotcha. It don't work that way. He is so far ahead. But listen, it has to be for his ultimate glory because there's going to come a time where it won't turn out that way. There's going to come a time in another area of your life where something will actually be taken from you. It might be your family member. This is where, as a person who's called by Christ to preach the truth, I have to give you the full truth. I can't just leave you with a false sense of hope and security in what's fading away because the reality of it is his job is not eternal. And work is not eternal. And family is not eternal. I know this is hard. Husband and wife is not eternal. There'll be no marriage there. So it's my job to look at the full promise of God, not what it's become where we chop it up into what we like. Okay, I have to give it to you like that because this will, this will keep you when that don't keep you. This will keep you. And so can you see how God leading Josh... It wasn't so that he could just have another job. It's that he can now say, I have seen the Lord. How many of you guys were here whenever God had us walk through the obedience teachings? Remember? And, and we went through the Old Testament and some of the New, and we walked through. Uh, the one in particular is Ezekiel 38. I'm, I'm really feeling like I have to bring this up. Ezekiel 38, where Jerusalem, there's, there's this uh, uh, king, I guess his name is Gog, 
uh, G-O-G, but there's this, this time when the, the uh, Israelites were in the promised land, and then there's this cloud that God calls all the enemies to then go and destroy Israel. The scriptures, go read it. It's in Ezekiel 38, it literally says that God rallies the enemies against the chosen people. Like they just went through like parting of a sea, like Pharaoh on their back, like giants in the land, and they got grapes the size of human beings now, and they're eating off the land. They're saying, this is good. And all the while they're in their promised land, God is rallying the enemies around them to attack them. It wasn't the enemies doing it. It was, it was God. So sometimes we think, why am I sick? Why is it hard? Why are things happening in my life? Why is God allowing the enemy to touch me right now? But didn't I tell you? The promise is he will never leave. So this is far more about God's reputation than yours. This is far more about God's fame than ours. This is far more about him being lifted up, even at the expense of us being torn down. And we don't like that kind of a God. We don't like that message, the, the message of Jesus Christ that says, you will have to lose your life to find it. We go, man, that's so real. I like my life. I really like my life. And you know, if I can dive deeper, if I can dive deeper, I really like my kids, though. They mean the world to me. And if we can dive even deeper than that, I really like who I am to my kids and who I am to my friends and who I am. I really like myself. This is the deep-seated root. And God is saying, I will never leave you. This is not about you. This is about me. And what happens when that whole thing happens? They come and they cover, they cover them like a cloud. And you know what God says? He says, and when they do this, I will raise up on every hill and the world will know that I am God. He says he'll defeat them all on behalf of the Israelites. So we can sit and stand and yes, he defeated the enemy. Or we can say, yes, he's God. Like we have the true God. Like, though he slay me, I will not curse him, God. Right? Is that not what Job said? So I want to show you a few scriptures that just support this promise. Go to Genesis 28. Just a few. Genesis 28, verse 13. And you know what? I want to, um, Michelle, where is she? Oh, she's in children's. Uh, Isaac, just hold that up right there, and then I'll have you read those off to me. But Genesis 28, verse 13. Are you there? Aren't you glad he never leaves? Amen. Huh? Like, he's coming back, guys. We live for the coming of Jesus. We don't live for the fact that he came. We live for the fact that he's coming. Because if, what, if, if the fact that he came doesn't point to his coming, then why are we here? But we're living for the coming of Jesus. Amen. He's coming back. Hey, ladies, I got good news for you. There's no makeup in heaven. <laughs> Glory to God. You better say amen. I know. Hey, fellas, you don't have to have a six-pack ab in heaven, man. You ain't got to worry about that stuff no more. All right? There's no fitness in heaven. <laughs> There's a promise in heaven that's greater than what's fading away. Amen. It's eternal life with God. Amen. Wash it again over your mind. It's eternal life with God. That's what you're living for. Amen? Watch this. Genesis 28, starting in 13. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham. And I want you to, to just take a note, because sometimes... We move a little too fast, and we don't really realize certain things. He didn't say, I am the God of your, and then another name. And there were many people that God could have made a promise with, but he made a promise with Abraham. That means that he is um, specific, and he knows exactly who belongs to him. 
So if you're in this building right now, if you're watching online right now, if you hear my voice and your heart is, two things should be happening. Your heart is compelled or it's repelled. And the part of you that's repelled is your flesh. And the part of you that's compelled is the spirit. That should be happening for every born-again believer. Now, it does get easier as you're walking in the spirit. You kind of don't have the same tendencies to listen to the lies of the flesh. You get better at that through sanctification, but it never goes away. And your flesh is going to say, I don't like that because it's dying. <laughs> but your spirit's like, man, that is the truth. Like, it doesn't get more true than that. Like, I'm living for the coming of Jesus. Amen. So you got to realize it's, it's specific. He's called you. So he's called Abraham. And it says it so clearly. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Verse 14, your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and the east, the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, that word blessed is according to Christ. He's not talking about gold and silver and clay. He's talking about eternal life in Christ. Through you and your descendants. Verse 15, what's more, what does it say? I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. Just say that again. Say he's with me. Do you know that? Do you really Grab a hold of the reality that you're not alone. You are not alone. God has not abandoned his people. He is with his children. What's the next one? Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy 4. It's just a couple books over. Verse what? 30 and 31. Deuteronomy 4, 30 and 31. Look at this, and I love this right here. In the distant future, say that, in the distant future. You're dealing with a God who knows your future. He, he knows your, your, everywhere you're going to be, everywhere you're going to step. He knows your future. Connect with that right now. That way when tomorrow comes and something happens, no matter which way it goes, whether it's it looks good or it looks bad. You can take hope that it, you don't put your trust in that, right? If, if it goes good, you can't just be, man, and then take that. You know how sometimes, I, I don't know how many of you guys have, have had like a really good workout, but I've had workouts where like when I walk out, man, it's like slow motion. like doom, 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 doom. I mean, it is like I, I accomplished my goal today. And and I've had those feelings in my life, whether that be through business or maybe me and my wife used to argue in a certain way and now we're no longer arguing like that. And I'm thinking, man, we're doing good. Like I've had moments where it appears like my life is going well. And God has made it clear. He says, I know your future. And these are the words of Jesus when he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Well, it goes the other way. Don't think that what you have that seems good now will last forever because it won't, guys. It won't. The reality of it is, as much as I loved my mother, she died at 58. The reality of it is, as much as I wanted to spend a long life with her, she passed away. So it's my hope when something looks good or looks bad is not in that thing. It's in the fact that God is with me. Hallelujah. See, this is the truth. This is what makes a 39-year-old man who's supposed to be out being relevant to the culture not be relevant. Yeah, you are uncool, man. You are not cool. <laughs> and that message you're talking, that's like so prehistoric. I'm speaking truth. People don't want this. They do. They, they want a plastic God. They want a wooden God. They don't want the living God. The one that says, hey, I know things are going good right now, Tony, but it won't always be that way. Okay, Lord. I know things are going bad right now, but it won't always be that way. Okay, Lord. See, it's, it's this consistency in Christ that though, it's not just though I walk through the valley. Man, I feel the presence of God. God like literally chains are breaking off people. Though I walk through the valley, it's not just that. It's though I'm on the mountain. 
It's both. It's both. More people have fear in success than they do in failure. Because they have so much to give up now. And he says, in, that, in the distant future, when you are suffering all these things, thanks a lot for that promise. <laughs> you will finally, what? Return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. So you're going through something right now in your life. It's hard in your life. But the whole reason why you're going through suffering is so you would turn back to the Lord and do what he tells you. That's a good promise, guys, because he doesn't leave you to your trouble. Amen? For the Lord your God is what? A merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made. He made with your ancestors. I said this, uh, go to Joshua 1. I said this not too long ago. That, you know, we hear Ab about Abraham. Like, Ricardo, you hear about Abraham. You know, you've heard of Abraham, right? But do you see him as an ancestor, though? Like, do you ever see it like, we're in the same lineage, man. This is like, you know, what's his is mine and what's mine is his. Like, like that kind of Abraham. Because it should be. Because when God says he'll never leave you, He's talking to you, his chosen, the lineage, the, the, the children as numerous as the stars. That's who God is talking to. You know what's interesting about the Lord? Is that he knows everything, right? And sometimes, what's your name? Lily. Sometimes we can get so good at knowing that we really think we know. And the scripture says that the one who thinks they know doesn't know as they ought to. And what he's saying is, is that we should never rest on our knowledge because God can take it away. So it, there's a, a brightness about you, right? You have, you're creative and, and you, 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 you got an imagination. You got a, a broad imagination, right? You, God has made you broad, meaning you can think of things that people don't normally think about. You can, sometimes you get, I could see you daydreaming, just wandering in your daydreams, right? And the Lord made you this way. And you have the, the, an acuteness about you. Acute means like sharpness. And he's made you this way. You know, it, as you get older, you're going to be, administration is going to come very easy to you. He's wired you to be, be easy, easy with a lot of information. Actually, some people have broad shoulders in the spirit. They can take on a lot, right? They can handle a lot. So you, you have the, you, petite, but in the spirit, God's made you to handle a lot. You can multitask and you can, you know, I, I mean, it's probably why... Um, others struggle at certain academics and you don't, right? But the Lord, he knows this about you, right? He, he knows your, your aptitude. And he's saying, do not take confidence in your ability. And this is a word for all of us because God gave you the ability to have and he can take it away. So in, in, the, in the view of God, he's saying, you don't know. And you say, yes, I don't know. And never leave that place. Because the moment you start strutting, like you know, this is why degrees are dangerous. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Fahrenheit, right? I'm talking, it, this is why having a certificate is dangerous, because it puffs you up. This is why grading systems are dangerous. Like so one person gets straight A's and another person gets straight F's. And as if the person with straight A's is better than the person with straight F's, that doesn't work in the kingdom of God. We serve a God who chooses who he chooses, and then he gets glory out of that life. And let's just face it, guys, a lot of us are flunkies. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, know, I know some. <laughs> Amen, brother. But uh, I know that some, we want to be classified as something else, but God chooses who he chooses. And I'm sorry to say this, but I'm not sorry. He chose the bottom of the barrel. Amen. He had the Jews. They were his chosen people. And he went outside of that and chose the Gentiles. And when he starts making a, ch a choice, no one can stop him. Amen? And Joshua, what is it, chapter 1? Joshua 1, 5 through 9. 5 through 9. And this will be the last Old Testament. I'll go straight to the New Testament after this. But 5 through 9 says this. No one will be able to stand against you. Say no one. No, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses 
I will not fail you or abandon you. Amen. Amen. Now, do you believe that this promise applies to all of God's children? Was Paul God's child? How'd he die? But God said he'd never leave him. What? He didn't leave him. Ha ha, we're in a room full of spirit-filled believers. I love it. But he died of beheading. That sounds like he failed him. Isn't what the world says? This is what the world says, right? That's what they say. Well, if God so loved him, why do you let him die like that? They're spiritually dead. They don't understand what they're saying. Because Paul's not dead. Yeah, I'm not making a sequel to God's not dead, right? It's Paul's not dead. I'm not trying to, but <laughs> don't text that to anybody. That's not what I'm trying to do. But Paul's not dead. He's alive. Amen. And he's looking down right now saying, Tony, keep preaching the truth. Hallelujah. Keep doing it. I, I hear it. I hear all the, 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 the witnesses, that great cloud of witnesses that the Bible talks about. They're rooting us on. They're saying, keep preaching the truth. Do not preach the other thing that appears to be true but disappoints. It'll leave you doing a million freedom sessions. The last I heard, he who the sun sets free doesn't need a million freedom sessions. You're free. Oh, I feel the, oh man, the devil better, mm. go to Matthew chapter 28, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm skipping, go to Matthew 28, now, because I know sometimes I get this, uh, I get messages sometimes that people are like, man, he just preaches out of the Old Testament, he must be an Old Testament preacher, <laughs> okay, Matthew 28, 20, watch this. Matthew 28, 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. So for every works-based person, the person who puts all their effort in going and making disciples, he didn't say, and be sure of this, teach the disciples. He said, teach the disciples and be sure of this. There's a reason why he places it, the, where, the place he does that is because he wants to emphasize the more important thing. And this more important thing breeds disciples. Then why didn't he just put it first? I'm not God. <laughs> he put it where he put it, how he put it, and he made it this way so that way it would trip people up because Jesus is also the stumbling stone, not just the cornerstone. And he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And he's talking to people that are going to get stoned for the gospel. There, there's people who left their families, like their families were here, like in proximity. And they said, I'm feeling called to follow this man. And I can't be here with you. You're going to have to trust that God's going to take care of you, honey. Because I don't know where this is going to lead me, but I got to give my life for this. And they followed Jesus without their family. And some of them had children. And Jesus said, I will be with you. I Even now as I stand here and I preach, I'm not preaching as a man. I'm just not preaching as a human. I'm not appealing to the fallen nature I'm preaching as a son of God, spirit-filled and pointing you to the truth. This is what we all need, guys. This is what we need. This is what we truly need, a God that will never leave. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians 10. I'm almost done. And, and I hope you get it by now. Like, there's no punchline here. <laughs> My wife was listening to a sermon this morning, and I said, what are you doing? I'm listening to that person. Man, that person's a prosperity preacher. Why are you listening to that person? And she goes, I'm just trying to see what's out there so I can be up on, you know, I could be, oh, okay, cool. And this person's like, and he's whispering. He's like, and you know, God, he's this and that, and he's whispering. And, and, and he builds up, and the chords come in, and he's like, and he's going, uh, and he's, and everybody's like, yeah, amen. And it was no Jesus. There was like, I was waiting for Christ at the end of that. And it wasn't. It was your promise, and it was your plan, and it was so temporary. And I was like, 
that's like a total cheerleader, man. Like that's like you look at and you go, oh, oh, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to be excited. No, 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 that's not the God we serve. You know what? Even now, I pray God wake you up. I pray he stir you up. I pray you can't sleep at night. I pray you encounter the real God and you're like, man, I'm not living for what's fading. I am living for what's eternal. Yes. I pray you get that because I, I was disturbed when I heard that. I was like, there was a lot of effort that went into that. But you know what? That's what the world does. We're down at halftime. <laughs> Send them out. Come back. Come back. And then you lose. <laughs> Somebody always loses, guys. <laughs> There's always a losing side. Just because it ain't you at the time doesn't mean somebody's not feeling it on the other side. Well, in Christ, we don't lose. We don't lose. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The temptations in your life are no different from the others, from, from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Watch this. And I'm going to close with this. When you are tempted, anybody in here get tempted? <laughs> How about this? If you're a child of God, oh, man, people aren't going to like this. <laughs> Let me slow down. If you're a child of God, every temptation, every temptation that comes your way was because you were led by the Spirit to be tempted. <laughs> She's like, all right. <laughs> because we said God never leaves. Right? If he never leaves, he never leaves. If he gives you his spirit, that's a deposit guarantee. The Bible says that's what God's coming back for is the spirit that he placed in us, right? So if it's not the spirit, does that mean then God just somehow missed it? Or he separated himself for a second so you could be tempted? Or did God in his sovereignty... Allow it. And so every temptation you have, though the temptation itself is coming from the enemy, you have been led to that place by the Spirit of God. Now watch what it says. <laughs> I know we just don't like it, but it's the truth. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. Now, people who don't have Christ have no way. Jesus said, I am. Say it. What did he say? I am the way. Okay, so could it be that there's no other way? Is there another way other than Christ? No, he's the way. He's not a way. Okay. So if the Spirit of God is leading you, knowing everything about you, and temptation comes, and there's a way of escape, it says he will show you a way. I will go as far as to say he will show you the way. Because the way is Christ. And I'm going to tell you this with all confidence, all confidence, and you should test it. You should. All right, we're going to do it right now. We're going to do a test. I've done this before. We'll do it again. We're going to do it again. Just in your mind, start saying your ABCs. Just say A, B, C, D, E in your mind. Now, while you're doing that, start counting to 10 out loud at the same time. Do it at the same time. A, 1, 2, B, 3. You can't do it. You might rapidly switch from one to the other, but you can't do them at the same time. So here's the truth. Here's the truth now. If God says he'll never leave, he promises he'll be with you even to the end of the age. He says he, that you are no longer living for here. You're living for what's coming. Who's coming? Christ, right? This is it. Then that means he's the way. That means every time temptation comes and your eyes are able to see the way, it's Christ. So I'm going to challenge you. Try sinning while saying Christ over and over again. Now I'm talking to the believers. I'm not talking to unbelievers because you'll be able to do it all day long. You already cursed the Lord. You blaspheme him. You, there's, you have no conscience of the living God. But the ones that have been touched, that have been sealed, try posting something carnal on your Facebook while saying, glory to God, 
Glory to God, Christ, Christ, glory to God, Christ. Try doing both and see how that feels. I really doubt you'll succeed. Because if you belong to God, you've already got a conviction before you ever do it. So what happens with us when we're in works, when we're under a false teaching of he'll never leave and all these things, like I'm going to get my business off the ground because he's with me. Look how shallow of a relationship that is. No, he's not saying I'm going to make a way for you to succeed in business. He is not saying I'm going to make a way for you to succeed in this life. Listen to me, Christians. Listen to me. Those who profess Christianity, God is not saying to you, I want to give you a promised land on earth. He's not saying that. Now, will he do it? I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't mean to hurt your feelings. I don't care if he does that because if he ain't with you, I don't want it for you. I know lots of people who have lots of money but don't have God. I really do. I'm not just saying that. I really do know lots of people who have lots of money and they don't have God. So they have nothing. I know believers who have nothing, but they have God and they truly have everything. So I'm saying, I'm speaking to you, don't depend on what's fading. And you know what? Can I, can I speak? I, I have to be fair. I, honestly, like the Lord is like, he's like, take it easy. Okay, I'm going to take it easy. Because there's some of us in here that it's really hard. You know, there's some people listening. It's really hard for you to just say, okay, I give up my family. It's hard. And I empathize with you. I'm not acting like a super Christian. I could never do it without God. I am completely lost without God, and I am so bound to my own way without God. I could never do it without God, but be honest that, about that. God is faithful. If he says he's with you, then he's going to comfort you in that. He's going to give you the strength to accomplish it. Amen. Amen. Let me say this. As the Lord's quickening me, and then we're going to close. Just, just watch this. Just, just listen real quick. I woke up this morning, and the Spirit of the Lord told me, Mark 13. Now, we have a, a nine o'clock pre-word, and, and uh, we come and we share during that time. It was my wife's time to preach from the pre-word, for the pre-word. We have a calendar for that. She forgot. But this morning, the Lord woke me up and said, Mark 13, and I woke up and read it, and he said, you're going to give the pre-word today. And I didn't know who was going to give the pre-word at the time. I didn't know it was my wife because I don't look at the calendar. So I was thinking to myself, okay, well, whoever it is, I'm going to have to tell them, like, hey, man, can you just sit this one out? Because God wants me to give a word. Well, it happened that she forgot completely. Yeah, that was, a, that was an accident, sure. God knows how to make you forget things. And he knows how to make sure what needs to be said will be said. And, and he gave me this word, and it just so happened that Sister Veronica, last night, God led her to read Mark 13. So how is that possible, that God would lead her, and then God would wake me up and speak to me? And then, I, I just want to say this, because this is the truth now. Watch this, Mark 13, 11. But when you are arrested and stand trial... How many of you know there's a lot of temptations in being arrested and standing trial? Temptations to curse, temptations to lie, temptations to get out of it. But whenever you stand trial, don't worry in advance. It's not a suggestion. He's commanding his children so he can keep his children. Because when God says don't, you don't. That's just what happens. He says, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at that time, for it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. So, that only comes because he's with you. It only comes because he's with you. And you know, even right now, some of us, the, the voices are saying, well, then, then he, has he really been with me? Because I've been really bad. <laughs> That's the good news about a faithful God is that even when Israel became a whore, even when Israel, God called them a prostitute, he didn't forsake them. This is not about us. This is about him. And for any person that's listening that tries to twist this and say, well, now that means I can just go sin, then the Lord is not in you. Because the Spirit of God will help you recognize that that voice is from the flesh and from the enemy, and another voice will be greater than that, which is say, but I'll keep you from falling. I'll keep you from falling. 
Jesus, oh, everything in me wants to shout right now, but I'm not. But Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, it is him. It is him. So, may the Lord bless you today. May he keep you. I want to read this and we're going to dismiss. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away. This is Jude 1, 24 and 25. All glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you, who will bring you? It ain't you. He will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence, watch this, without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time, in the present, and beyond all time. It's all him. He will never leave you. And so, you know, if uh, um, Johnny, you know, texted me the, the other day, he had a moment with the Lord and, and he was, you know, when we fellowship, that's what we do sometimes. We, we just say, hey, this is what God is speaking to me. And he had a moment with the Lord. But in that moment with God, there's more that God has. Because sometimes God will speak to you in order to show you who you are. But he, if it's the Lord, he will never leave you there because he'll speak to you to show you who he is. The emphasis him. Amen? Want to high five somebody? (laughs) Stand up and stretch. No. Love each other. Walk in the spirit today. Amen? Glory to God.